Richards Bowie Thurston from Tillian Is this year when I'm glowy Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy Or a villain Hi, oh, and welcome to Bowie vs. Dylan. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And uh, Chaz, before we get to our actual episode tonight, I just want to let you know something, an amazing fact. Do you want to hear what it is? Um, yeah, only if it's amazing. It's amazing. Our last okay, ep- our last episode, which is our 30th anniversary episode, is still going. We're still recording that podcast. <laughs> we haven't actually stopped it. No, we... We just we, posted the first segment of it. Yep. And uh, look forward to 29 more segments. There are going to be 30 segments of our 30th episode, each of them like an hour and 40 minutes long. We got, uh, we got some <laughs> doppelgangers in here. The, we're actually... This isn't Jake, and that's not Charlie, but... Uh, we we had to do something. We had to do something. My real name, ironically, is Jake. And my real name, ironically, is David Bowie. <laughs> that is ironic. Isn't that ironic? Because I don't talk <laughs> about him on this show. I mean, no. Jake doesn't talk about him on this show. Uh, hey, oh, hey, I want to introduce our actual episode, though. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the hot year. It's the year that just was uh, four years ago. The year is 2015. <laughs> Or 2015, as we like to call it. Sometimes. I like to call it 2015. <laughs> 2015. Yep. You have just time to kill. I do, I I'm just... young and, you know, I got, I got places to be, Jake. Yeah. I can't pronounce all those extra syllables. Well, you... and... You, my friend... There. You, you my I friend, know. are a millennial, and I am of Generation X, and that makes all the difference. <laughs> uh, the two years that separate us, I mean, both of us are somewhere between the cracks of Generation X and nah, millennials. Nah, it depends on... Clearly. Neither one of us on the... belong to, neither, to either one of those generations. No, it's only because of our temperament. If you were a normal 1982 person, you'd definitely be a millennial, but you don't act like one, really. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people born in 1982 or thereabouts, and... No. No? You but you even, know. like, a couple years back, like, you know, two or three, two, three years later. Yeah, like, like, are you, almost, well, like almost the 70s you're, think, you're, you're talking about here. No, I'm talking the other way. I'm talking, like, you know. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Me. There's a bigger difference. Like, I see that with my wife, who is, you know, two years younger than me, and our brother, who is two years younger than us. And our sister-in-law, who is, you know, four years younger than me. Or six, I don't remember. Anyway, let's talk about David Bowie instead of I our, think we should. We are. I think it's we weird. should go through our entire family tree. Go. <laughs> You start. You start. You start. Here's the thing. All right. Let me paint a rich tapestry picture right here, Jake. Oh, a rich tapestry. I don't know. Everything with Bowie is is rich tapestry. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't actually you didn't actually do anything special. Got it. Check. 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 Yes, that's that's correct. So 2015. We just got to get into this. You know, we the era. You know, from 2004 to 2012, um, known by the annoying term that annoying but very. persistent term the davecation by the me davecation. i really hope this comes up somewhere like the the moment i read this term in some bowie biography somewhere i'm gonna know i made it and then i'm gonna sue them <laughs> great <laughs> hey yeah, can go. you uh can you send the settlement check straight to bowie versus dylan so i can share in the well, riches i mean so long as you help pay for the lawyer who will probably be more expensive mm, you know whatever what? as i get out of it i know this guy who only charges if he wins 
So we're golden. Is he on a billboard or something? Yep. I hear him. Uh, okay. Is this a uh, is this a workplace accident related incident? <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, pain is and suffering this, caused is by. It's pain I and suffering. I think I, st- I think I still have a day job. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, go. So he, the day of vacation where he just kind of disappears, he stops touring his last show of any, of, like, his last full show is in 2004. He has a heart attack on stage, cancels the rest of the tour. Bummer, by the Kind of disappears out of sight, makes very few public appearances, doesn't release almost no music in that time. Finally comes back in 2013 with the next day um, album, you know, it's a, it's a good album, and there's singles and stuff and he keeps kind of releasing a little he was a new single in 2014 along with the great stuff anyway, but but when he comes back he doesn't fully come back he remains like aloof and secretive he does no mm. interviews no public appearances mm. no concerts the guy after all these years you know after 50 years in the spotlight somehow manages to become a complete madam mystery again yeah. which again i think we've wanted him for this on the show and i'll do it again way to go Just boy like, now that's he that's does good it. he does it Way to go, man. And so we're right, we're right in the zone. We're in 2015. We're right after his surprise comeback in 2013. Um, and we're coming to the end because then the other part of this, of course, is that he dies 10 days into 2016. So in 20 feet, he was diagnosed with cancer in 2014, told almost nobody. Yeah. It was not made public, you know. Of course, his death was a complete surprise. Nobody even knew he was sick. Wow. Um, but 2015, it was all leading all up to this. And so the big part of this the biggest thing to look at this is uh his two final projects okay. one of which was his incredible final album black star I never heard two of it. days before he died yep and then the other is its sister projects which came out in the end of 2015 and it's a musical called lazarus hmm, that's right. so he spent 2015 recording black star working on his first musical um and going forward but Jake, this is nowhere near the first musical that David Bowie dabbled in. Oh, tell us more. However, it is the, however, it is the first one he actually completed, or actually did. Okay. This guy was like always talking about making musicals, amongst always going to direct a film and write a film script and maybe write a novel. Like The 70s, he's just constantly, especially in the middle of the 70s, constantly talking about all these crazy projects he's going to do that he never completes. Did he ever I talk? I look forward to this. This is probably like year 30 of, you know, the Bowie reissue campaign where they, they like, unleash some of these unfinished film scripts and stuff that are yeah. sitting in his archive somewhere. I'm interested in that. Now, did he I'm ever saying, did he ever talk about actually making a good album ever and he just never got around to it or what? Oh, Jake. Mm. Jake. <laughs> I mean, we're just talking about his death just a few, few minutes ago. <laughs> no, we weren't. We're talking about the musical he participated you in. You just have no... I, I just don't. I don't even know how to talk to you. I just... I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm just disappointed, Jake. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Uh, you just... I just... I... I won't say that I expected better because I didn't, but uh, I hoped. I hoped for better. You know, I still almost got a laugh out of you. In 1968, Bowie actually kind of recorded a musical called Ernie Johnson, <laughs> which is a really dynamic Ernie, title for Ernie a musical. Johnson. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a musical or <laughs> it's supposed to be like a rock opera. You know? Yeah. Album. It's unclear. It's like the, it's never been released in any form. It's not even been leaked. But it got uh, but it got performed at some point. No, he rec- he recorded. I think he just recorded it as demos. Oh, okay. Oh, those are now, coming we're already out. Past the fifty year, like if these things ever, if someone ever gets a hold of them, like we're past the fifty year anniversary mm. of these things. So like they're the public domain, baby. They're uh, out there, baby, they're not, and they're, they're loving not it. They're not, even, they're not even in the public. <laughs> they're not even leaked. So uh, I think we know what we should do right after this episode. 
to just drive over to New York and yeah. find his hidden archives. And You're like, has anyone seen we, Ernie, Johnson, Ernie Johnson? Nudge, nudge, wink, seen. wink. You know what I mean, Ernie Johnson. You know what I mean. Say no more. Say no more. Show me the way to Ernie Johnson, please. <laughs> uh, it's unclear why this is never like nothing ever happening. Like, none of these songs were re-released, as far as I can tell. I've just seen the, the list of this and a little about this. But notably within there, the, the reason some people speculate why nothing ever, like no one, nothing of this has ever seen the light of day anyway. Because apparently the story, I know, is like about a party and he gets drunk and goes home or something. It doesn't sound like a lot happens. Well, his name is Ernie uh, Johnson. But at some so, point on yes. the street, he has an interaction with a very racist character. Uh-oh. And the character's supposed to be a character. He's supposed to be unpleasant and he's racist. But is it the character, you know, is it's it Donald all about Trump? seeing all of these characters, yeah, at least in these demos. I don't know what would happen if it ever made it anywhere. And so it's been speculated that Bowie held these back in particular because it's just this, like, racist song, even though he intended it to be in the mouth of an unsympathetic character. Sure. So I don't know about that. Anyway, we'll move on. Okay. His most famous <laughs> not That did not happen in 2015, I'm guessing. No. His most famous not... We're taking a trip down memory lane right now, Jake, in case you didn't notice. Right. His most famous musical that did not happen was he was making a musical of the book 1984 by George Orwell, the right, incredibly famous right. book. You've mentioned but that. George Orwell's widow would not give him the rights to it, even though he had written several songs to it. Good call, so George's it. widow. Oh, it could have been cool, Jake. Whatever. In 1984... I mean, that one was actually, like, writing and stuff. Well, okay. I don't know. Sure. I'm just saying, like, because he... I mean, the second half, it ended up being the second half of Diamond Dogs is what he'd written so far. Oh, yeah, right. Well, here's... So he's got a song called 1984, and he has a song called Big Brother and uh, other related songs whose names are not popping in my brain at a specific moment. Just start naming naming your rhythmic songs from the movie of the same (laughs) name. 1984. Wait, Sex no, I missed it. 1984. 1984. Okay. There's, that poem is included in the very back of the book. Tell me more about the mariachi band. 
No, I don't know. There's no, no the Mariachi Band is just a throwaway reference. None of the rest of this is talked about. Like, hmm. but the, Jake, this is the most interesting part for you personally. Okay, I'm ready. The plot was set to revolve around a stockpile of unknown, unrecorded <laughs> Bob Dylan songs. Oh, that's right. I do remember which this had now. been discovered after Dylan died. <laughs> Oh and gosh. these new undiscovered Dylan songs were going to be written by Bowie, which is <laughs> this like is ridiculous. Why, did this, why did this not happen? This would have been amazing. Oh, this would have been our this this would have been it our thing. Been, it would have been horrible, probably, but also amazing. Yeah, but this would have been our thing. This would have been like oh, what we no, could refer we could have rallied to. Together about this. It, you know what? We could, if have, he, we could have staged our own production of it. If he had sheet. done that, it would have almost been like they were either collaborators and or rivals, but they're not either of those things because this didn't I happen. mean, we get there a little bit with Bowie's song, you know, song for Bob Dylan. Right, right, there that, is that. But that's all that we got. gets there, but that's this would have taken it further. That's all we got to hang know, our hats on right Many now. years later. We could have had a whole but musical. Things, Jake, we could have made, we could have won an Obie Award making our own off-Broadway off, off production of this. We could have met play. in the middle of where we live, which I guess is like, the edge of Montana. Montana. Yeah, like the eastern <laughs> the eastern shores we're, of we're Montana. We're hungering for more Merce Cunningham, uh, or Michael Cunningham, Michael Cunningham uh, place. Where they don't know who David Bowie or Bob Dylan are. <laughs> Let's not be afraid of Montana, Jake. Huh? You take it back. You take that back. Whatever. I won't. Okay, all right. Well, guess we got a few more fans of David Bowie in Montana, that great, great state of Montana. Hey, Oh, you know what, Montana? I take you. it. I take it all back. I love you, Montana. I'm sorry. There you go. Your mountains are beautiful. Anyway, they were working on this, but it was derailed by Bowie's heart attack, as mentioned earlier. Start oh. Bowie, vacation. come on. Why'd you have a heart attack? Just, I know. I know. Ruin everything. So heart attack. So there's not a lot to talk about like during the year because he was just quietly working on stuff and quietly dying of cancer and not talking oh. about it to anybody and not doing interviews or anything. Dang. But... Towards the end of the year, we start getting this kind of flurry of activity because uh, Lazarus opens in December, but before that, Black Star comes out in January. And so the singles for Black Star start coming out oh, earlier. Yeah. So there's, first of all, the Black Star single, that song called Black Star, which is 10 minutes long, yeah. being his longest single ever. Yep. Um, apparently, it was meant to be a little bit longer, a couple minutes longer, but it was shortened because iTunes will not let singles be more than 10 minutes long. It won't? No, apparently. Why? And so Bowie did use a different edit of it that was exactly, like, it's like exactly 10 minutes long. I want to say 10 minutes or maybe it's 9.59 or something, but it's like, it's right there. It's exactly that length just so it could fit on. So by the way, that's, so 10 minutes is, a, is Bob Dylan's 52nd longest <laughs> single. Yeah, fifty See, second longest. longest song. It's it's one of Bowie's <laughs> longest songs. That's, yeah. there's nine nine minutes and fifty eight seconds, at least in the album version. It might be slightly longer in the singular. Come on, Apple, get it together. I know, I know, why? I why? know. I'm, I'm curious about this extra two minutes of Blackstar that I can get because it's Oh, you haven't heard it? You don't know? Well, they haven't released anything else. Oh. That, you know, there's no leaking nowadays. All the leaks are from you know long ago. Sure. Bowie, like nobody even knew he was recording an album. No, like leaks of the stuff. You know what I wish I had from Bowie? I wish I had 8,000 releases on vinyl from 1969. All right, Jake. We already talked about this last episode. We're going to have to Yeah, but it's still episode. going. We got Since we had that, out. there's been like know, five know, more. There's been literally... Since we recorded our last episode. There's been literally two more since we recorded our last episode. It's in... Only one more. Only one more, Jake. Is Come that on, the Space now. Oddity thing, or is that the other thing? Yeah, yeah. It's a Space Oddity one. Yeah, it's just yeah, one song right. uh, in a box set. It's one song in a box set. It's, it's fine. It's two songs, Jake. Yeah. And they're, yeah. then they're remixed, and it becomes a thirty dollars box set. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you couldn't even get through that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Jake, but by the time yeah. this episode comes out, there should be like three more of them. So we'll just sound woefully out of date. <laughs> it's and so true. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it, Jake. Yeah, I understand, but I kind of, I kind of do. But you can keep going. Not that's only fine. could I not afford these things, but I don't actually want them. So not even, not even close on both counts. Can't afford it. Line. Don't want it. Hey, that should be the tagline. I tag want the line. Ten track one that's $70. I just refused to, on principle to pay $70. You for paid for, you paid for, for 40 minutes, 10 cents. You paid for one of them. I saw the unboxing. I did, buy, I did buy one of them because I had a gift card left over from uh, a play that I costumed. costumed. And they paid and, you and under paid the table some... in iTunes money, is what you're saying. No, it was that uh, parents of the kids gave me a gift card. And Illegally. I did you pay... with it. And I was testing out our Amazon affiliate program, which bombed. Hey, IRS, check it out. Chaz is getting paid under the table. It was a gift card, Jake. That Those are, I don't know how those yeah, exempt. You didn't, you, anyway, didn't, you didn't pay sales. Let's talk about the 10-minute Black Star single, which is amazing. Okay. First of all, Jake, it was released on no other date than November 19th. Oh, that sounds familiar. Which, uh, for those of you at home, uh, it was my birthday. Oh, yeah. It's Chaz's that birthday. would have been my 33rd birthday. Happy birthday! And now people at home are quietly stealing my identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like a that's great birthday takes. present. Was it came out right on my birthday, and the video is a video for it that's amazing. I'll so more about it. it's how crazy and amazing? How big of a how big of a boy fan were you in 2015 on your birthday? Like, oh. were you you were? Oh huge. yeah, no, this was I was waiting for this. This was big. Yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. Oh yeah, I was all in on Black Star, all in. Just ready. Right. So apparently the Black Star album was actually set to be released uh, earlier than January, but it was pushed back to line up with uh, the play, Lazarus. Oh. Because Lazarus wasn't quite ready. This is how much these projects go together. They're just complete sister projects. So that was in mid-November. Now we move up to early December. Uh, Lazarus opened in New York off-Broadway. It did not win any OBs, Jake. What? It was not even, it was not even nominated. That's because it's not it Canadian. It was nominated for several awards, but not, but not an OB. Uh, so it opened on December 7th. After a couple weeks of previews, uh, the opening was Bowie's last public appearance of any kind. Wow. Because he died a little over a month later. Wow. Um, so Lazarus the Musical is... Now, Bowie's... I even put all this. Let's see here. Um, I would say Bowie's like... it's kind of a, He's kind of a producer of sorts. Like, he put this thing together, but, you know, he didn't direct it. He did co-write the, the uh, script. Okay. He's got a whole bunch of his songs in it, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't act in it or anything like that, but he, he like chose who he was going to co-write it with. He chose the director. He chose like the choreographer. Like he was involved with all of the stuff. Sure. So I feel like producer, producer is more producer. or less like what maybe executive producer, if you want. Exactly. Cause he was very involved in it. He was, he went to lots of rehearsals. He was watching all this stuff. He's very involved in this. Okay. So and he was originally his concept for all of this as well. So Lazarus is an unofficial sequel of sorts to, well, kind of official. They got the right to it. To uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, which yeah. is a book and by Walter Tevis. I didn't write that down. I think that's right. Um, and then, more famously in this context, it was uh, the movie version came out in 1976 and starred Bowie in the starring role, in the main role. And it was his first starring role, his first major role in a motion picture, and quite possibly his best role in a movie ever was his first one. Okay. Um, and so it follows an alien who has come to Earth to find water to bring back to his home planet, which is incredibly low on water. Yeah. And uh, But he can't really return home in the movie. Like, he can't figure out how to get back. So he's this genius guy, and he's like, 
he's making millions of dollars off all these patents so he can build a gigantic rocket and bring a whole bunch of water back to his planet like this is his plan because it's you know they're scientifically ahead of us so uh he yeah he that's all these different crazy things that his patents on tons of stuff but it doesn't really work out eventually the government gets him in the book the movie's a little bit different and definitely this this lazarus the play is definitely a sequel to the movie not the book okay it follows some of the uh the variations from the movie that are not in the book um, so in the, this kind of continuation, so in the musical, it's following the same alien who's considerably or older. He can't return home. He, uh, is hallucinating probably. There's a serial killer going on. <laughs> uh-huh. And a mariachi it's, band. Here's my next yep. note. No, no, don't, I wish there was a mariachi band. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> make the final cut. I wrote, I have a note that just says it's surreal and nuts. But is it good? I, I think so. Here's, I mean, I, I don't know for sure. There's no we can be video of, of the actual production. Oh. You, can, you can get see like one or two songs, and that's it. Wow. Um, but there's no been official no official video, which I keep waiting for the home video to release of this thing. Oh, definitely. I know they filmed it, and they released it. Or they've like done one off productions. It's been weird, but there's no like home DVD release in this, which I'm just waiting for. I want that thing so bad. What I really want. But, what um, I really want is the soundtrack is out. So I have the soundtrack and the script. The script is out. So I have the script too. Um, and so from that, I think it's really interesting, but it's hard to say because it sounds like they did so much stuff with the, the staging and everything that's just is very unique and interesting, exciting, and I can't see it. So it's yeah, hard it's to bummer. completely look at this. I'm really hoping. Uh, I'm really hoping it comes out on laserdisc. I think that's just. Oh my corner. gosh! That, maybe a <laughs> four laserdisc box set, Jake. Yeah, and then some uh, seven inch laser, some seven inch laserdiscs, and then also also like the VHS version because everyone still has a VHS player. So we're gonna need like a twelve. VHS slash seven seven inch laser disc a dish of Lazarus. It will cost thirty two thousand dollars. <laughs> That's going to be the number one it's seller what the fans on Amazon. Want, Jake. It's what the fans well, want. Well, clearly, I mean, they know what we want or you want, uh-huh. and what you want is I to pay, pay a lot of money, tons of money for almost nothing. For In fact, not very much music. They should release a I box get... set of every song of Lazarus, and then a separate box set detailing every scene of Lazarus. Each and every one. Okay, sounds good. And it would preferably, what we'd have to do is, uh, is the Laserdisc, you'd have to like go back and forth. Every song would be, you'd like, have to switch the side of the Laserdisc. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Do you remember? I pretty, if I remember correctly, Laserdiscs are double-sided. Uh, you I'm might be sure right. I'm pretty sure they are. You might I'm pretty be right. sure they are. It's been hey, a little while. but uh, They're as big as records and they look like CDs. That's all you need to know. I know. That's all I you know. need to know. <laughs> know. What else do you need to know? They use laser, like laser scanners. Yeah, it's lasers. There's barcodes, like let me tell you, like an animated menu. You know, early DVDs are always like they're constantly uh, advertising how there's an animated menu on the back. Like this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Animated menu, you're not, you know, like interactive menu. Woo! You know, there's a reason that DVD from the late '90s on the back, it's it's screaming interactive menu. The reason is because on laser discs. You had like this booklet of all of these barcodes. You yeah. stand with a with a, a laser scanner, like in the supermarket, to fire to get to the chapter you wanted. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, there's oh, a man. reason. There's a reason that no one come up comes up to you on the street and is like, "Hey, can you explain to me what a laser disc is?" Because it's in the name. <laughs> it's a laser disc, bro. It's too amazing. It's, it's a laser disc. People are not prepared for this. America's not prepared for the resurgence. Of I mean, if records get back, I don't see why laser discs oh, can't man. come back, Jake. I'm just saying. I'm just waiting for CDs to come back. That should be another like six, well, six years. Great. Six years, maybe. We're not. We're not 
we haven't reached the total depths yet. We're on our no. Way down. Well, I don't. I don't think. But we can go. We can go a little lower. We I don't think they're go going lower. away because your your boy Bowie is going to release eight thousand releases of CDs next year. That's coming up. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. We gotta wait until they're more expensive and uh, yeah. a and more boutique. boutique item. A boutique. We said boutique, boutique at the same yeah. time. Whoa! I know. Nice one. Nice one. All right, I'm gonna talk briefly about 2015 again. Just All right, sorry. As a change of pace. <laughs> Laser disc. Hey everyone. Laser disc. <laughs> Laser disc, everyone. Jake, if you ever got me a laser disc player for Christmas, <laughs> I would love you forever. Well, you, are, currently you already do. Make sure you know that. You already do. All right, so Lazarus is a jukebox musical, but only kind of. Okay, I mean, man. we're not talking like uh, Mamma Mia here, where it's all the top hits. I see. Um, it's only got a few classic songs from him. It does have some big songs from him, stuff like Changes, Life on Mars, All the Young Dudes. And Heroes all appear on oh, it. Oh, I did not know that. But uh, it only has 17 songs on it, and eight of them are from 2013 or later. Wow. Recency bias. So that's, you know, that's, that's a solid half of them are from later. Um, there are no songs whatsoever from between 1986 and 2013. None. Like, none originally written at all. And it's, a mul- it's all like 70s, and there's like two songs, three songs in the 80s, from the 80s, and then uh, jumps up to 2013. Wow. There are four that made their very first appearance in Lazarus, only one of which shows up on Blackstar. There's three that are just in Lazarus, are not in Blackstar. Came out in a, a little EP after Blackstar later on. Right up. So the other thing we got here at the end of the year, this is after Lazarus opened, is the Lazarus single, which is the song Lazarus on the musical Lazarus, also appears on the Blackstar album. Is that yeah. making sense? It's which a also lot. features a song called Blackstar. It's a lot of Lazarus slash Blackstar. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's all over. It's all over. So Lazarus place. was the second single in it, and it's more of the main single because it's not ten songs. So you know, it actually showed up on the radio and stuff. Sure. Uh, it's the only Lazarus song that shows up on Blackstar. It's Bowie's final video. Yep. There I is know. a famous final shot in which he's wearing this like kind of crazy suit that looks just like something he wore in 1976 for a station to station okay. stuff. And he finishes it like going backwards into a wardrobe and closes the door behind him. Yeah. And that's the final like. Yeah. Video. I watched that. I was disturbed. <laughs> it's just, yeah, he spends most of it in a hospital bed with yeah. his bandage across the eyes. He's, play, totally. he's playing some kind of character. He plays the same character in the Black Star video, which is 10 minutes long, but it's really crazy and amazing and okay. makes little sense, but it's, but in all the right ways. So, again, this kind of collision between Lazarus, the musical, and Black Star, the album, uh, was that the actor who played the main role in Lazarus, the musical, Michael C. Hall, who oh. is famous from being the lead guy in Dexter. Yeah, I watched the entirety watched, of that show. I watched the entirety well, of that show. Well, that guy is uh, starred in Lazarus, originated the role. Okay. Uh, anyway, so for on talk shows and stuff, uh, Bowie didn't perform anything because he was refusing to do public appearances. So instead, Michael C. Hall performed Lazarus, the song, on a couple of late night shows. Wow. As, like, trying to promote both the musical and the album at the same time. Did he do it? Is that confusing enough? Yeah, no, he did. I got it. I got, I got it. <laughs> he was yeah. a guy. He was a guy. People at home got that because. Oh right. You know, this whole thing would be easier if, like, the, if they they happened the same year because they're gonna wait until twenty sixteen. Whatever we do, twenty sixteen. Right. And uh, then I would pick up and say half of the same stuff again. That's true. That's true. Well, what I envisioned when what what I heard from what you just said is that Dexter killed David Bowie. I got it. There is a serial killer in this movie who, who kills the main character. Spoiler alert, kills the main I character at the end. But the main right. character seems to want it. It seems like it's 
I'm gonna get, you know, make some more references here. It's either, he's what he wants. He kind of wants to die. He wants. He, he seems like kind of stuck with immortality of this alien, more or less. And he wants to die. This seems to be like the way to separate and get back to his wife and uh, child uh, back on this alien planet, which actually reminds me a lot of the ending of the Little Prince. Right. But Antoine de Saint Exupéry, <clears throat> the classic uh, French tale that's kind of for kids and kind of not, in which a snake kills the prince so he can go back to the stars. Yeah. To be with his rose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you haven't read The Little Prince, Jim? Huh? Yes, I have read The I have a very okay, nice, right. I have a very well, nice copy that I've read my children. So, yeah, why don't good, you... It's a good book. Why don't you eat it's it? It's kind of a weird, disturbing ending. Why don't you just stuff it under your shorts? Okay? Uh, joke's on you, Jake. I'm not wearing shorts. <laughs> oh. Oh, I thought you were. It's all pajama pants over here right it's now. It's all PJs and Chardonnay over at the Beck House. Nailed uh, I got it. an IPA. I got an IPA right here. Well, I'm, right. I'm drinking some red wine, and I'm almost done with it, and I wish my wife would just serendipitously come into the room and be like, hey, you want a little more? But I can't ask her because I'm doing a podcast right now. <laughs> I'm only halfway done with my IPA, so I'm feeling pretty good because we're about halfway done with the podcast. Hey. Over to you, Jake. Okay. <laughs> Have a swig. Hey, Bob Dylan... <sighs> I didn't realize this because although I lived through 2015 rather recently, um, I didn't. Pronounced 20, it's pronounced 2015. It's, pre- it's, it's pronounced 20015. <laughs> you have to spell out all of the numbers. Wrong. I just want to make sure um, you It's T W O Z E R O Z E R O O N E F I F T E E N. Yo, what? Now that your thing is done, you think it's done, but it's not. Let me tell yeah, you something. Yeah, well, the, inter- the interesting part is done. Let me tell you something, Until I Chaz. come back and do, and do some points, you know. Let me tell you what. Here's a Here's a multiple choice question with one answer. Here it is. <laughs> okay? By definition, that's not a multiple what choice answer, but did, you go for it. <laughs> what did Bob Dylan do in the year 2015? A, went to work, Cover sucka. Sinatra. It's A, went to work. He went to work, Chaz. <laughs> went to work. This okay, might be... Right. Now, I was too lazy to go back and actually look at the points from other years. This might be Bob Dylan's best year so far. I just want you to know that. Seriously? Uh, seriously. Wow, all right. Go for it. I was shocked. I, not, I thought I would, I would slip in a little win here, you know? No, no, no. So I got, I got solid points. Not amazing, but solid points. No, you, well, I have amazing points. I did, I did not okay, know that. Okay, well, nice one. Good, good work, Dylan. I just started to look at the list, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. All this stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, I don't even know where to start, really. Let's start with some, some more minor things. Uh, so he, let's see. Okay. So let's do the never ending tour. Let's do that first. That's always a good one. Did it end in 2015? Uh, it did not. No. Let me check my notes for a second. Nope. Didn't end. Okay. Alright, that was a lot of note checking right there. (laughs) I had to. I was enjoying the joke, but it was really stretching us there. I had to thumb to 2015. It took me a while. It starts... <laughs> it started in 1962. It just had to keep going until you got there. Well, no, so. it started in 1988, and it went all the way to 2015. Okay, 87 shows, 28 in North America, and 59 in Europe. He took it... He took 87 it. shows, that's a quite, of a quiet year for him. Didn't yeah, we've, 100, we've huh? had a couple quiet ones in a row, just he by was, coincidence. He was lazing it, lazing around. Well, that's because he was feeling that he was feeling that crooner vibe, and he didn't want to overdo it. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he went to he went to Europe for the majority of his tour, which is is okay, interesting because right. 
on our on one of the episodes recently, I think it was just the last one, we talked about his uh, never-ending tour stats, and the vast, vast majority of shows have been in the U.S. But this year, he yeah. just he was just like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get a backpack and some cheese and just walk through the countryside. You know what I mean? That's what he said. <laughs> and by that, he means his own separate tour. I'm gonna go get separate a from, separate from everybody else. I'm gonna go get a baguette and eat it by myself. <laughs> and his secret family. Uh, no more secret families. He's he's all alone, Chaz. Just all alone. He just uh, except for the secret family, you don't know about because it's still secret. He's just weeping into a bottle of of red wine, listening to Sinatra on a tour bus. That's what he's doing. <laughs> uh, so there are worse, the, there are worse ways to go. <laughs> absolutely. Doesn't that sound nice? I wish I was doing that right now. <laughs> Podcasting, yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's worse, really? Okay. Uh, So, what set this one apart is he did a five night residency at the Royal Albert Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, So he, yeah, yeah. So this was the site. um, This is a Bob Dylan thing. This was the site of one of the most famous bootlegs in uh, in rock history, the Royal Albert Hall concert from 1966, which Bob Dylan was purportedly to have been there um, for this recording. It was actually a recording that he did at Manchester, but it was marketed by the bootleggers as a Royal Albert Hall concert. So he, okay. went, he went back there for cool. reels. Um, this is a mix of all his career periods, including the jazzy, jazzy crooning that we're going to talk a lot about today. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, his new old material is reinvigorated. He kind of like he kind of takes the sound, the croony sound and the jazzy sound, and he, he applies it a little bit in ways that he hadn't done before. And it sounded nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, did some, he did some speeches and interviews in which he didn't sound like a crazy person. This is notable. <laughs> Whoa. I know. They're, they're actually, like, they're kind of boring, which is not boring. It's surprisingly. It's shocking. A little too lucid. Yeah, a little bit too lucid. I had the word lucid in capital letters written down on my notes. <laughs> He did a 35-minute speech at the Grammy Awards Gala, where he was getting, like, a Lifetime Achievement something or other. 35 minutes? 35. He talked for 35 minutes in a row. Um, Didn't they, like, start playing the music to you know, get well, it it's not the Well, it's not the Grammy Awards. It's the, it's the before the Grammys Gala. I don't know what that means. Oh, all uh, right. I mean, I've been to the Grammys several times for awards that I've won <laughs> well, there. Well, we won quite a few, but I have always skipped the I might, I might be thinking of the Obie Awards, but I'm not sure. They hand out a lot of oh, red wine OB at those Awards. things. I don't know where. I, I would love it if we hosted the Obie Awards someday. <laughs> Can we do that? That would be a career highlight for me. I think I'd wet my pants. I think Obie Award winners, our rewards, just you know, you give us a call. Well, if we get a BowieVSDillon at gmail dot com, just send it on hey, over. Put it, put it right in. Send our the in- invite. Put it right in our inbox, Obie. I know you're a real person, Obie. Do it. Buy me a bunch of overpriced vinyl Bowie box sets and I'll be there. I'll just be there. <laughs> I'll just come. I'll just come. I'll go to Canada for sure. No problem. <laughs> uh, so he also he gave an interview after a couple of years of no interviews, since his really crazy ones, really, in 2012, um, to a little magazine you may have heard of, Chaz. AARP Magazine. Boom. <laughs> This Which is the, I would like the people at home to know that I frequently get your copies of the ARP magazine. You have because you have the same first name as our deceased father, and somehow it got to my house, you, a house he has never lived in, in a state he has never lived in. Well before, uh, 
but they are addressed to you, obviously mixed up with our deceased father, who never lived in Minnesota. Uh, sharp-eared boy versus listeners, boy versus Dylan listeners, will notice that Charlie's bitched about this on 14 of our podcasts already. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> At least one, if not 14. I'm going to say one. This is one of your right. favorite topics. <laughs> And I just want it's you to know hilarious. that I'm, I am delighted. It's hilarious. Every, I enjoy very I am, much every, every time I get your AARP magazine, <laughs> it makes me chuckle. Just a little bit. <laughs> it just makes my day. I get home from work, a long day at work, and I go, oh, here's the AARP magazine on the dining room table. <laughs> Charlie's like, hey, I wonder what that Glenn Close is up to. <laughs> Let me read an interview. Let me read no, an interview. I what Bob Dylan is up to. I mean, maybe they'll interview him again. I'll well, the reason that I find this—the reason that I find this hilarious and sort of nostalgic—is I used to work at a rehabilitation center, um, which, as a music therapist, which um, generally holds people who are elderly, <clears throat> um, and they have this magazine collection that is from like 1982. You know, like that that older people still read. It's, you know, it's a it's a millennial. Uh magazine collection it's a it's a millennial it's it's like millennial hell it's like <laughs> it's like car and driver and uh people and like all these other things but one of them was aarp and i'm like stocking oh, yeah. these magazines as part of the recreation team one day and i'm like whoa that's bob dylan he's on the aarp <laughs> magazine it was amazing so anyway his, his what a day that was you know what i rem- i'll remember it till my did you, death did you steal that copy no I just, I think I texted oh. you and I was like, guess what? Because that's all we ever talk about in our lives. <laughs> Even before we had a podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Believe that, listeners. We never talked about anything but Boy Dylan <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be another hour and 45 minutes. Oh, uh, so, well, we're only at 36. We're doing great. Okay. Right. Um, so, the interview in his was, like, strangely normal. It was... It was somewhat interesting, and he doesn't call anyone an MF or, or anything. <laughs> not even his fans. Not even his. Fans. Not even his own mom or his ex-wife or nothing. He doesn't wow. MF one old person in AARP magazine. <laughs> yeah, what's your, you blow an opportunity there? Geez. I know. I'm thinking of giving him negative six points for <laughs> the normal interview he gave for to this AARP. AARP. Now, speaking of AARP, Chaz. Have you ever heard of an album called Shadows in the Night? Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I think I have. Is this his first or second for Sinatra covers album? Well, it's his first one, which means it okay. it garners the most praise out of, of out of the series by far. Um, Diminishing returns with him and his weird little experiments. That's usually. that's your opinion. Uh, we here at Boy vs. Dylan do not share that opinion necessarily, but uh, he uh, okay. He put out an album of. Do you think Triplicate is your favorite Dylan album? Triplicate is going to be his best year. That's 2017. Everyone, watch out. <laughs> okay. Because I'm giving five points to each of the discs on Triplicate. <laughs> uh, okay. That's 15 points. Mm. Boom! House. 15 okay. points. Um, I, the reason that I mentioned AARP so many times, I think this is the <laughs> 32nd time that I've done so. Is that Bob Dylan uh, sent? I would, I would hope it was the 65th that so it qualifies for. These comments qualify to get it. Hey, oh. <laughs> hey, that's a dad joke from a dad right there. Hey, you know, when your kids laugh at stupid stuff, you find yourself saying a lot more stupid. I don't know just where dad jokes come from. I, say, I understand. I say stupid stuff 
fifty percent. My kids only laugh when I say stupid stuff. They don't laugh at sophisticated, decent jokes. It's either it's either stupid stuff that makes them laugh, or I'm screaming at them. That's it. You know, nothing in between. They were laughing at the stupid stuff I'm doing. That's so true. That's so true. You know, we here at Bowie vs. Dylan uh, endorse dad jokes. That's what this is all about. (laughs) Uh (laughs) So I want to mention AARP again right now because (laughs) (laughs) Bob, I'm trying to get this point out. Bob Dylan, uh, or rather probably Columbia Records, sent 50,000 free copies of Shadows in the Night to random selected AARP subscribers in the mail. 50,000? They just got them in the mail. They were like... They were like, uh, I don't know, wearing their slippers with white socks, and they just saw this in their mailbox. I'd like to remind you that our wonderful, wonderful mother has a subscription to AARP magazine. I know. And I just want you to watch who you're, like, insulting here. I'm not insulting. It's an observation. White socks and sandals. You've seen her do that. Okay. Boom house. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, listen. Okay, well. I'm just saying... I'm just saying observation. This is my observational. Okay, all right, all right. Obviously, she was not one of the recipients because she would let you know. I'm sure. Yeah, well, maybe she wasn't. No, I guess she was 55. She wasn't 65. What's the what's AARP? Isn't it 55? I don't know. I, but 55 sounds right. Well, Chaz, you are 55. She's not, so she's not 65 now. So you get the magazine at your house. You should know. It's just you, I wish you would forward and them to deceased, me. Our deceased father would also not be 65 where he's still living. So wow. I'm going to say yes, it's Okay, not wow. We're really getting into it now. Let's talk about Shadows in the Night. Number, okay, I'm, try, I'm trying to. <laughs> no, you're not. Number seven. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, number I'm not. seven in the U.S. <laughs> number one in the U.K. Bob number Dylan. Number one in the U.K.? Bob Dylan is the wow. oldest male Dylan, solo. Shut up. Sack him up. Shut maybe. up. Shh. I would say something nice about Dylan. Oh. Go ahead. I said you can really you can still stack them up. Nice. He can stack that. Ca- he can stack that cash. Those sales. <laughs> Those cash stacks. <laughs> stack them cash stacks. Uh, he is the oldest male solo artist ever to go number one in the UK. Nice work, Dylan. There you go. He led Shadows in the Night with a single called. Yeah, the he would have. He pretty must have just barely. How old was he? He's not that many years older than Dylan or than Bowie. Because Bowie had a number one in 2016 with Blackstar. Oh, well, he must... Yeah, well, he, in both the UK and the US. Well, we know he's, but, yeah, he's, he's but a Dylan, little older. Dylan would have been older in 2015. Again, yeah. that's interesting. Interesting facts. Interesting. So, interesting fact that Bob Dylan finished ahead of David Bowie. That's an interesting fact. Well, just that he's older. Yeah, just that he, just that he accomplished something that Bowie could not. <laughs> he's being the oldest person. To, yeah. I guess. Okay, yep. yeah. All, all right, I... You know, I don't even feel like arguing with that one, so let's go. All right, let's do it. Uh, he led... Yep, yep. Uh, Dylan actually had singles this year. He had a single called cool. the, the Night Week. Chaz, are your feelings hurt? I'm so sorry. No, I was drinking beer. Oh, when, okay. When I responded, I was just like... It was still like partially swallowing, and then it came out, and you know, yeah. No, I'm, I'm cool. You're cool? So cool. How cool are you? I don't, I don't miss David Bowie at all and wish that he were older. I mean, if you're cool... Yeah, okay, all right. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> By the way, he did. He was over 65 when he died, so he probably has a subscription to AARP magazine. <laughs> well, it is the American Association of Retired Persons. Oh, that's true, but he was he was uh, unofficial American. He was he a nominal. For like the last 25, 30 years of his life. He was a nominal American. I got it. I got it. So he, yeah, he lived in New York City for yeah, a long time. All right, Chaz, I've almost said the name of this single four times now. <laughs> I'm so close. I just need you to let me 
Like, <laughs> if you want to interrupt after every word, just let me know, and we'll. It'll take six I'm, minutes. I'm going for syllables next. All right. Every syllable. Can I say the single name now? I'm gonna shut my mouth. For it's called. As long as it takes you to say the single name. I don't think you can, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna trust you right now. the The single is called "The Night We Called I'm It." I'm gonna interrupt you right there. Oh, so I'm mad at you. The night the we night. called it a day. The night we called it a day. The night we called it a day. The night we called it a day. That's the name of Play the Play of words. I, li- I like it. It's a good name. It is. Good and uh, so Bob Dylan with Shadows in the Night, he uh, he covered old songs that Frank Sinatra had once covered. Um, none of them are extremely famous. Some of them I had mem- you know, I had uh, sort of recognized, but not not very many of them. And what's interesting about this before, you know, before we do the points and I talk about the album a little bit more, is Bob Dylan covers all these Tin Pan Alley songs. Do you know what Tin Pan Alley is, Jess? Yeah. It's a New yeah, York elucidated for the for the people at home. It's a it's a New York collective of songwriters who used to write all the hits for all the big artists. Mm-hmm. They would just literally sit in a building called the Brill Building and they would just write songs like Three minutes. It's a very different, like way. Yeah, it was a different way of recording music. You know, that whole what came about in the fifties and sixties—the whole singer-songwriter idea. Right. And guess who was outside of just big jazz? You know that they, yeah, that they weren't just performing other people's songs; they were writing them too. And guess who was the act? You know, the the instigator of literally all of that. That would be Bob. Not all of it, but a lot of it was most of it. Much of it. Anyway, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that Bob Dylan killed Tin Pan Alley, and then he came back to it in 2015, and he decided to cover all the Tin Pan Alley songs. I mean, like Buddy Holly and Jerry Lewis, like those guys were coming up in the 50s. That's and true. Stuff. You can't That's get all Dylan. No, okay. no, you're right. You're right. But Dylan was like right across the street Chuck in New Berry York. And, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he's important. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey. Everybody chill out. It's getting <laughs> testy in here. <laughs> mm. uh, so Dylan said about Shadows Ray in the Charles, Night. you know. Yeah, I've never heard of any of those people you just said. Shadows in the Night, Dylan said, I don't see myself as covering these songs in any way. They've been covered enough, buried as a matter of fact. What me and my band are basically doing is uncovering them, lifting them out of the grave and bringing them into the light of the day. So I think we should just start calling every time an artist uh, plays a song by another artist is, we should call them uncovers. No, They're I'm not, not going to do that. They're not covers. I'm They're not, uncovers. I'm not, not going to do that, Jake. Bob Dylan said so. Okay, let me tell you something else that Bob Dylan did <laughs> in 2015. He went to work. So He, he went to work, baby. To work. He went on the late show with David Letterman for the first time since 1993. <laughs> and he played The Night We Called Letterman It A Day. Was still on in 2015? I mean, apparently he was. I guess he was. Said, but it may have been like his thought, last year. I, Maybe it was part of I his. Thought, yeah, I thought he left before that. But he had kind of a send-off. He had kind of a send-off yeah. tour. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan is not playing a guitar. He usually, like, at least pretends that he's strumming a guitar when he does mm-hmm. live performances on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he's Elvis. just he's just like coolly like singing into the microphone. And then when he's not singing, when there's like is it one of those like thin little microphones? No, no, it's one of those big radio looking ones, like the big oh, silver yeah, that ones. Was, with that the, was good too. It looks that like was okay. the, either either one would have been acceptable. It looks like the grill of a car, basically. It's yeah, like <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's good, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Now is he wearing like? Um, like shirt skin suit or something like that. No, does he have velvet? Does he have velvet lapels on his jacket? He's doing uh, he's doing a crooner thing, but it looks more like um, 
Well, you mentioned Chuck Berry. It looks more like that high water pant thing that we were talking about. Oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that, yeah. But a little suit. He's not wearing a Stetson. He usually is wearing a Stetson. No Stetson, yeah. yeah. No Stetson. So the country thing is gone. It's all jazzy Peg jazz. Pig pants. Pig pants, guy. Pig pants, that's it. You got it, pig pants. Uh, and when he's not singing, he just, like, sort of, like, it looks aimless. He's just sort of, like, shuffling around the stage when he's not singing. <laughs> just sort of, like, just sort of moving around, you know? <laughs> Is he wearing white socks with sandals? Yeah, uh, white socks with black shoes. Okay, all right. Well, that that is actually it's like a fifties. It's kind of a fifties yeah, look. Yeah, it's a doo wop. It's the doo wop. It's the doo wop. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so he did that, um, and then the other major thing that he did before I throw it over to points is uh, Chaz. There was a little box set that came out in 2015. I didn't realize this was the year until I thought about it a little harder. The Bootleg Series, Volume 12, The Cutting Edge, 1965 through 1966, came out in 2015. That's a hot one. That's a hot daddy, daddy. Yeah. That is my favorite box set by Bob Dylan. Yeah, I can see why. uh, It's alternate and outtakes and unreleased songs from his holy trinity of albums, Starting with Bringing It All Back Home, moving right into Highway 61 Revisited, and topping it all off with a little dollop of Blonde on Blonde. So these yeah, are, which is, spoiler alert, is a little preview of our next episode. We'll absolutely. talk more about that later. Yeah, hey, guys, don't go look it up. You, 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 you're going to want to be surprised by that. Well, we said two years now, just in that box set, and you know. You're right. It could, it could be either one, guys. It could be either one. Guys. Uh, start your bets now. <laughs> start your bets now. Don't bet. Actually, don't gamble. It's bad for you. Gamble. Uh, gamble a lot. All the cool kids wow. are doing it, and you and you want to be popular. You don't even. <laughs> Plus, I mean, it's just, it's just so easy to win money. They're just like practically giving it away. You should just try it. Uh, if you could smoke some cigs while you're gambling, that'd be <laughs> Chaz would like that. Win the money, so you could hire a prostitute. Hey, hey, and smoke Go some cigs it. with her. Whatever. You know? While smoking some wacky tobacco. Uh, the cutting edge or is... Or vaping, like the millennials do. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> is this the first time we've ever said the word vape on this show? I think. <laughs> I have to assume. That's good. I've been learning more about vaping lately in my job as a middle school teacher. Because, you, because you've turned to vaping and you need to... You want to know well, what it's Well, everybody has, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like these things are, you know, disturbingly easy to sneak in everywhere you want to. They you look just, like USB drives. A lot of them. It's it's interesting. Yeah. And then, I mean, I knew a lot of the stuff, but I've just been learning more detailed information about vaping lately. I took a vaping class not too long ago, Jake. Are you writing a parody song called "Vaping in the Boys' Room"? Vaping I, I in the boys. I just started a few <laughs> seconds ago. Yes. Great. Yeah, give me You're credit. Writer, Jake. <laughs> give me credit, please. Uh, All right, are we ready for points? You got no, more, more you are not even. You're that. not even coming. We're not even close. Okay, the cutting. Oh, well, you just mentioned points just a little bit ago. I know, but I want. I wanted to give the impression that we were almost there, so that but you would stop interrupting me because I thought not. we were almost there. Okay, but we're not. So uh, the cutting edge is a is a dizzying array of classics, and it's a lot to swallow all at once. Kind of like the, kind of like the uh, more blood, more tracks thing. Um, but it's a lot more, it's a lot more re-listenable. It's from a, a greater time period than just literally one album. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty rad. He put out two single videos. Now, I, got, I do have to ask, Jake, okay. this, this box, ask. I'm assuming they, they put this on like 85 to 7-inch vinyl singles, right? 
Because that's how we release demos, right? <clears throat> no, Bob Dylan has a has a reasonable release schedule. I think mm. the bootleg series is mm. the envy of all other box sets in the land, mm-hmm. and uh, so they didn't do that at all. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. I'm so sorry. I know this is like you're like the man who fell to earth right now. <laughs> With Good, this, we're ready to wrap it all together here. We're just, really. we're just. I feel like we should be done, but we're not at all. So we're not done. Moving. Okay, how about <laughs> how about this? I'll just tell you that uh, Bob Dylan released two video singles from the Bootleg Series Volume Twelve, and then. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll throw it over to you to points, and I'll explain a little bit more about the things that he will get points for in the points section. All right. Go for it. Points. Points it. <coughs> get that Ice frog out of your throat. of ecstasy shoot like novas to the fabulous and muddle and murk of Lazarus, the great-sounding, great-looking, and mind-numbing new musical built around songs by David Bowie. Whoa. Wild, fantastical, eye-popping, a surrealistic tour de force. Ooh. I feel moved by the very existence of Lazarus, which feels like Bowie's final score. Final testament and last eccentric project all wrapped into one. Ooh. It's not a valedictory romp through his greatest hits, but something rarer, more interesting. A last transmission from a dying star. <laughs> Emphasis. Pretentious rubbish. Oh. And nonsense on stilts. Oh my goodness, nonsense on it's stilts. It's hard to imagine head or heart when there's so much enigma. Also, I want to name something Nonsense on Stilts. I think... Band name? I'm going to call that band name, Nonsense on Stilts. Band name! It's amazing! That is amazing. amazing. Nonsense on Stilts is great. Nonsense on Stilts. So there are some... Yeah, some... some, And I didn't write down where I got any of these, so... Sorry, all of you, you know, legitimate publications that wrote this, and I just stole your quotes without Uh, giving you credit. AARP, baby. (laughs) <laughs> they're all from me. They're all, they're all from me. <laughs> all four of them. <laughs> there was a Bowie uh, so those issue. Are various ones. Overall, so Lazarus is a hard one, a little bit of a hard one to point. Like, you and I were having trouble, a little trouble figuring out, like, how many points it should even possibly be worth. Right. For those at home who may not remember, know for some point, we uh, we give different numbers of uh, different amounts of points for different stuff, and we allow negative points. Yeah. So we decided on giving Lazarus um, a possible low of negative two and a possible high of two. Sure. Um, yeah, he's like a producer on it, so he doesn't, you know, he doesn't act in it. He did write some new songs for it, but most of it's old songs. He didn't do the arrangements of it, but he picked the guy who did do the arrangement. Like it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. And also, there, you know, I read the script multiple times. I reread it for this, and uh, there's a cast record which he, you know, had nothing to do with. It actually was recorded the day after he died, which is interesting. Wow. In fact, they'd, like they'd already had scheduled, and they showed up and found out like that he oh, had died. That's rough. Which was an interesting, you know, way to do all that. Um, so he had nothing to do with that. So, and then there's no video of it yet. So I can't, and it's never come anywhere close to, you know, it hasn't even made it to Chicago. So, it, it, you know, it's nowhere near. It's only, the only place it's ever been in America is New York. So I haven't seen that, of course. Of course. But the reviews are overall very positive. From what I know about it in the script and everything, it is, it's very strange. But I like strange stuff. Sure. Um, you like Bowie. But it's also, I like Bowie. It's hard with this, the same thing with Black Star, is it gets so wrapped into his death. Is like at the minute he dies, then everything becomes like a few steps more amazing. Yeah. And so, and you see that like Blackstar in particular, since he died two days after it came out, is you, is you can just there's this very clear line in the sand between the uh, the reviews that were written before he died and the reviews that were written afterwards. Of course. And uh, and it was very positively reviewed before. I think I. Well, anyway, it was very positively reviewed before, 
and so Lazarus is two, but it's it's hard to fully do that. So I I decided to give it one point out okay. of to a possible two. It's Sounds not right. 100% good. There are some people saying it's it's just too weird. It makes no sense, and you know, and that end of things. It's some sort of vanity but, uh, project kind of a thing. And it's hard to fully write, so I just went with one point. All right. Uh, we got the two singles, Black Star and Lazarus, both of which are excellent songs, really great songs, and the videos in both cases just like throw them up even farther because sure. the videos are oh, so. Yeah. Black Star video is nuts. There's like this crystal skull discovered by a woman with a tail. There's like oh, these cults no. and stuff like that are doing this weird shaking movement that's very similar. It goes throws back. As Bowie at this period, it throws back all these weird references to his own past. He uh, he plays at least three distinct characters in the video. He's like this uh, preacher of sorts who is very charismatic. Um, he's this character with his gauze across his eyes and buttons for his eyes. And this like shabby clothes. He's it's there's these weird undulating scarecrows. It's a very strange video, but like yeah. strange stuff. And I feel like I feel like it works. Okay. In a way that like the ashes to ashes video makes no sense, but works somehow. It feel like it goes with this in this amazing way. So I've given one point to each of those singles. They both deserve it. Lazarus video is great too. Okay. And then there was a little talk about deluxe box sets, and <laughs> oh, he's got one. He's Ooh. got one in 2015. Ooh. You were currently, you know, we've got four, we're four boxes into his, like, reissue of his original material campaign. This was the first one, and it's called Five Years. Oh, uh, it covers right. 1969 to 1973, uh, named, of course, after the first track on the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stars and Spiders from Mars. Uh, notably, the box set campaign did not start in 1964 with his first single, but skipped over his first many singles and his first album and started in 1969, which is something Bowie did all the time. He kind of ignored the first five years of his recordings and kind of started with Space Oddity. He also didn't um, own all the rights to his first five years of worth course. of music. And he owned, he owned everything until 1969 on, so that's part of it too. Sure. So it contains his uh, six albums, six studio albums in there. Now, not Dang. including his first album, so his second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh albums along with two live albums and um, a completely unnecessary, barely different full remix of Ziggy Stardust, <clears throat> which apparently was previously released. It, I can't, I can barely tell the difference. Only at certain <laughs> times I've seen it. It's, yeah. It feels super unnecessary, I'll admit. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then there's a two-disc, uh, you know, B-sides and extra tracks, and, you know, this is unnecessarily padded with a whole bunch of single edits and stuff. Um, but, well, the music in this period was just so good. Like, what he was doing was overall just so yeah. great yeah. that, uh, you know, you can't beat on this one. And unlike later box sets where there's tons of, like, alternate versions of the same albums and it feels like there's tons of filler, this one's only got that one album of filler. All the rest is killer. Killer. Just one, one filler. You know, you one CD filler and, you know, 12 CDs of, of killer. That's pretty good. Yeah. So you know, I can't can't deny that, and then it's a big swanky deluxe box. So this guy this gets a one one point for the material. It's previous release. It's only one point, and then uh, I'm invoking our deluxe yes. bonus point on this Do on this it. fella because it is. It's really nice. We did the all the Japanese mini LP style. Oh, yeah, they're good looking with like the fake little inserts, you know, and uh, everything. It's really great. It's yeah. It's the care in the box set really shows. Definitely. Gotta have it. It's it's a prize. It's a real prize. Yep. And it was reasonably placed considering it was, I think it's 13, 12, 12 CDs, 13 LPs. Dang. Yeah, so I got it for like 100 bucks, which is an entirely reasonable price for 13 CDs in a deluxe set. See, Unlike, you know, they knew what they were doing at one for, point. For one vinyl record. <laughs> 
which you're happy to pay I'm not, I'm just not happy. I'm not explain it, that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can tell you're unhappy. The only bitterness in the room is this delicious IPA. <laughs> hey oh, Dad joke. So, that's two points there. So we got a total of five points. That's a good year. That's, that's a, a good, good year. year. <clears throat> All right. You didn't do much, but what he did... It, it counted. It was oh good. yeah, no, that's a that's that's a good year. That's an important year. Yeah. I remember many of the things that happened that year, even with David Bowie. Because I, watched... I talked to you about it and nothing else. Well, yeah, but I, I also, you know, I frequent I frequent music websites that were that were circling that. You know, I I definitely watched at least one of those videos. Uh, yeah. Because he was he was really back at that point. Like he had yeah, been he back. Been, yeah, I mean, he like we'll super talk much came more back. Like 2016, but these songs came back. Like the next day from 2013 is good. Yeah, yeah. Blackstar is amazing. It's yeah, amazing. Totally. Blackstar, even I even I will say that. Yeah. Uh, all joking aside. All right. Yeah. So, Bob Dylan, 2015. Here's what the AV Club, one of my favorite websites and or publications, uh, says about <laughs> Shadows in the they Night. Don't pu- they don't publish it anywhere. No, they don't, which is unfortunate. But anyway. I know. Uh, quote, funny. they're talking about Shadows in the Night. You can chalk it up as another instance of one of the most capricious artists in pop music history, doing what he felt like. Take it or leave it. Boom. I took it. Uh, <laughs> you I didn't think, leave it? I think Shadows in the Night is novel in a really good way. Like, it was really cool. It's hard to remember now because he's, he's ruined it, but this was... This <laughs> as was, he always does. As he generally does. Uh, he, it was really cool that he was doing this in 2015. Um, it's, not okay. a, it's not a crunchy crooning, but it's a jazzy ballad crooning. And he is actually... He's in pretty. I remember like, he's in pretty good voice. Articles about that thing going like, what the heck is going on over there? Totally, totally. Like, do you remember when you first heard about Johnny Cash covering Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, but that worked out really well. I mean, that was amazing. Don't get me wrong; it's amazing. It's better than the original song. There, I said it. But uh, I had a similar reaction <laughs> to that. I was like, Wait, who's covering what? No, like, what? What's happening? I know. Bob Jones covering Frank Sinatra. What? I know. But then you go okay. back. And he All has right. he has covered Frank Sinatra like hundreds of times in concert, and it's like it <laughs> uh, kind of triple good alone. It kind of makes sense, um, and it 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 was kind of a, it was a cool move. He just he seemed kind of hip to be doing that because other artists have done, and I'll probably save this discussion for another podcast when we're not so jam packed. But like other artists have done this American songbook thing where they're like they'll sing Blue Skies Smiling at Me and. Uh, and all this stuff, and they do what it with a this, wonderful world. What a wonderful world, and it's all these schmaltzy, swooping strings. And I'm feeling good. Exactly. And so my worry was that this is what Dylan was doing, but it's yeah. it's it's really not that at all. These are much more obscure songs. They're all very melancholy. They're all very wistful and enjoyable. Um, he brings his, uh, it's a good showcase for his, his, uh, usual stable of musicians that go on the, yeah. go on the tour with him, including our friend, uh, oh no, I'm forgetting the name of the hotshot guitarist. Count, Count Smokula. Not Count Smokula. He is our friend though. Uh, Charlie. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. This is the worst one yet. Anyway, uh, going on. <laughs> Back. Moving it's me, on. Jake. It was, that was me. Uh, yes, it was Charlie Beck. It was Charlie Beck. Straight up. Uh, it's not very uh, thorny or complicated. It's very sorrowful. It's kind of lovesick and haunted and bittersweet. And it's it's just a darn good listen. It's a good listen to listen to it. And so I appreciated it. Um, like we said, there's going to be diminishing returns on this. But for now, Shadows in the Night gets, for me, a plus 2.0 for the album. Oh, nice. That's solid. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Next up, oh, let's do the single for the night we called it a day. Chaz, I have a multiple choice question for you. You you were able to say it the first time. I did. That's because you're not interrupting me right now. No, um, I like it. I've, I've mellowed along with this beer. You're just really it's coming right down to the end. I'm taking the last really drink right now. You've been listening to a lot of Frank Sinatra over there. I get it. Mm, it's from local brewery Bauhaus, by the way, and it was delicious. I loved it. Thanks, Bauhaus. I know Bauhaus. Now, now sponsor us already. All right, Chaz, I got a I got a multiple choice question. Multiple choice questions coming up for it. you. Okay, so here's how the video to the night we called it a day begins, and then I'll have a multiple choice question for you afterwards. Okay. So it's shot in black and white. It's very noirish. Uh-huh. It's obviously uh-huh. a uh, noir style kind of a thing. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's no dialogue. It's the song just going. No dialogue. Yeah, got it. It's clearly a love triangle um, involving Bob Dylan, another old white guy who looks like a gangster, and a very beautiful dancer whose name we don't know. Now, it begins with Bob Dylan sidling up to the bar to this other white guy, and Bob Dylan has a wedding ring that is clear that he's going to give to the dancer. And the gangster fella is like, you know, oh, that, you know, that looks nice, but check this out. And he whips out an even bigger ring that he's going to give to the dancer. Oh, man. Now, they all meet up. They all meet upstairs in her in her hotel room and things get a little awkward. But here's here's what happens, Chaz. You're supposed to guess from these choices what actually happens in the video. Okay, (laughs) here it goes. Okay. Okay. Dancer kills other man. Bob Dylan shoots Dancer. Coppers shoot at Bob. B. Okay. Dancer kills man. Dancer kills Bob. Coppers shoot at Dancer. <laughs> C. Bob kills man. Bob kills Dancer. Coppers kill Bob. D. Man kills Bob. Man kills Dancer. Coppers shoot at man. Or E. Dancer kills Bob. Ends up in a menage a trois with Mick Jagger and David Bowie. That's <laughs> I'm going for the E. Gotta be E. Gotta be sweet, sweet E. Yeah, I you wish. Out. That's my answer. You wish. Which one? E. No, it's not E. You gotta pick one of the real ones. Oh, Do you remember my. them at all? <laughs> um, the one where Bob kills everybody and he gets killed. <laughs> no. No, that's close. Not, wait, wait, go back here. Okay. Oh. I think the, I think the girl, the woman, kills everybody. All right, that's a good guess. That's what I would have guessed, but no. The dancer kills the other man with, like, a knife. It's kind of brutal. Bob Dylan shoots the dancer. They were both going to shoot each other, but he just drew first. That was in the elevator. We think that that she shot him, but then she falls over dead. And then Bob just gets into, like, this 1940s car and drives away while the coppers shoot at Bob. Okay, cool. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, the other thing that came out is the Bootleg Series Volume 12, The Cutting Edge. Yeah. Uh, this is my very favorite box set probably ever of all time. Uh, cer- yeah. Certainly of Bob's. Um, I already, I already that's, kind of... That's only because you don't own a one vinyl box set of <laughs> 10 demos by David Boyer from 1969 that costs $70. You know, so. not not yet. As soon as I get a third full-time job, I'm going to I'm gonna get that. I'm going to get that. You're that puppy. You know, I right think... Away. I think that, that 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 box set is for the people, Jess. It's for it's, it's for the people. It's for the regular folk. It's for the one percent. Uh, the only part about the cutting edge that is even sort of gratuitous is there's an entire disc that breaks down like a Rolling Stone in oh, in I graphic that. An detail. Disc of like twenty three takes of like it's Rolling Stone. Graphic detail. <laughs> <laughs> they have not appropriate for children. <laughs> Do not put that disc in. Wait. Not safe for work. NSFW. It's NSFW. Right uh, 
it starts off with the earliest demos. It's really neat to see it like kind of fall into shape. But what they end up doing uh-huh. is they put on a separate track each of the isolated tracks of the song. So there's like a piano track, then there's a drum track, and you can sort of hear the okay. other song like bleeding in there. That's the only gratuitous part. I mean, you can, it's yeah. definitely definitely something you can take or take or leave. Yeah. So yeah. Um, with the aesthetic point, which is in play here because it's one of his great uh, looking uh-huh. and feeling and good size box sets with all the pictures and like a whole extra yeah, yeah. book of, you know, the whole thing. So I'm giving that a plus four. I'm giving that the full yeah. points. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. He released two video singles from the box set, which, okay. you know, he should have done this in other years so I could get better scores, but here we go with this. <laughs> uh, he released a Visions of Johanna outtake that was super fast and rockin', which is really mm-hmm. awesome. It was directed by a music video and movie director named John Hillcoat, who I, I thought I had heard of, and there might be some Western or something that he did that was acclaimed at some point. Um, he's done a bunch of, a bunch of music videos. Anyway, um, it's a lot of really fast cuts of archival footage of hair, eyes, cigarettes, naked people, 60s footage, Bob in 1966. Wait, wait, wait. wait did you say naked people in the I did say naked. I did say okay, naked right. people. Just and, double check it. And I meant okay, cool, cool. it. Uh, Bob Dylan in 1966, large cities, blindfolded people, eyelashes, guns, and blood. Uh, cool. I found it somewhat disturbing. It seemed very Sounds David. Artsy. It sounded very David Bowie-esque to me. Uh, looked very David yeah. Bowie-esque. And it rhymed. I don't think he's any naked people in any of his videos. It's just he's like, naked in one of his videos. Yeah, we don't. That's okay. Uh, it was censored until very recently. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it was not something I actually wanted. To see. Uh, all the images were really fast. It was clear that he was clearly going for something, and I think what he was going for is that it reminded me a little bit of the Clockwork Orange, where they pry his eyelids open mm. and they show him all of those images of sex and yeah. drugs and violence, and it's supposed to it makes yeah, him, yeah. makes him sick and all that. And I guess it was like that. Sick. Well, and I didn't, have I didn't, you given up? Have you given up your thuggish ways, Jake? Your <laughs> random acts of violence and my, uh, my, after my, watching that music video, my bruggish violence. Then it was, you know, then it gets a point. Well, I blinked a couple times during it, so I guess it didn't get in there. So. Oh, yeah, we should put those little clips in your eyes, and I, I could have sat there with the little droplets, <laughs> keep your eyes uh, lubricated, so you couldn't walk away. Oh man! But then every time I listened to Bob Dylan, I'd puke. That'd be terrible. Well, you know that's what I do, Jake. So. Yeah. Okay. So I'm giving that. I think it's. I think, <laughs> Come on, that was really cruel. No, that was, that was good. Nothing on that one. That was good. Well, I, mean, I couldn't let it go, but you know, we're nothing just, on that one. Well, you did. You did too many dad jokes earlier, and now, you know the the it's worn off. I'm sorry, Chaz. Okay, all right. All right. I know it's all right. I just you know even I felt like that was too cruel. <laughs> But I said it anyway because I had the opportunity. I couldn't let it go. You couldn't just not say it, I guess. You couldn't just not say it, you know? You couldn't just not be cruel. Okay. Uh, for <laughs> that, you. I give Visions of Johanna a plus one as both. It's mostly okay. mostly the song, which is it's an awesome sure. version of it. It's totally sure. different than the one on the album. Okay, just like Tom Thumb's it's Blues. It's It's a little of the old, whatchamacallit, droogie broogie, blah, blah, blah. It's the old... In out, in out. I feel like I'm noting that Bowie uh, sings one of the songs on Blackstar using that language. That he does. Uh, what is it called? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Using language from Clockwork Orange. Well, we're not. I, read the, I don't know if you read the book. The book is not like it's really. It's difficult to follow at first because he uses so much, so many made up words. I have read the entire book. slang based on uh, Russian. Right. Based on Russian. 
I thought it was and so, but, very... But by, like, by the time you're halfway through, you just don't even notice anymore. You just eat, like, there's dozens of different slang words that are made up for it, the book. I have read the book. Anyway, Bowie, Bowie uses that for one of the songs on Blackstar. Chaz, I have read the book. I read it. I thought it was really cool in high school for liking both the movie and the book and being like, hey, yeah. guys, did you know? I know, I did too. I dressed up as uh, the main character for oh, yeah, Halloween one year. And I won a Halloween, I won a costume contest without anybody knowing, there knowing who I was or what I was supposed to represent. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, cool costume, man. Woo! But yeah, it was me thinking I was all cool and edgy. Which I was. Well, you Jake. were. There's been a there's been a little bit of a uh, a recent reappraisal of the themes of that movie uh, with the race. Well, now I'm stuff. like I yeah I don't think I want to even pretend that I'm that guy. Uh, well, nor nor even do I think I'm it's like, like I don't I would not want to even watch that movie again. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's over. It's yeah. over for me I, anyway. Can I yeah. talk about the second? Can I talk about this single? No. Nope. Uh, you just, asked so. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. You interjected. You just asked if you could say it. I have answered you. No. You interjected with some story about not only David Bowie, but also yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just give the people what they want. Oh, is that right? Bowie and me. Me uh-huh. and David Bowie. Two of us together. Hello, this is another episode of Chaz versus Bowie. Bowie versus Bowie versus Charlie, me. versus Bowie and Charlie. You guys, you guys all know me. Sunset. It's me. I don't even have to it's introduce me. myself. Talking about David Bowie. Hey, here we are. Hey, Chaz, what do you think about Bowie? I think he's great. What about you, Chaz? Yeah, pretend David Bowie. Uh, Talks like this. (laughs) Hey, did you know I won this award once for talking like David Bowie? Hi. Hey there. (laughs) Hi. Oh, man, we're getting loopy. Let's finish this guy up. Let's wrap up. I'm trying. I'm trying. I know you are. I am going to try harder to not interrupt you every two seconds. Just like Tom Thumb's Blues. That's the name of the last single that I have to talk about. It's a slower, more languid take on the classic from Highway 61 Revisited, and it shows outtakes from the footage from P D. I always say P.A., D.A. Pennebaker's Don't Look Back film. So mm-hmm. it's very cool. It's gotten a lot of mentions on this, on this podcast. It has. Yes, it has. Well, we're in that. I guess we're Tell in that a lot. Area. Just a Just a bunch of it, really. Uh, so it's the outtakes from that, and it's just, you know, Bob looking like the coolest person ever, and there's, like, John mm-hmm. Lennon's in there riding in a cab, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people screaming and yelling Judas at him, and sure, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so I found, that, I, found that less, I found that less fascinating, and the song outtake is less uh, good than Visions of Johanna, so I gave that a plus .5. Okay. Uh, the never-ending tour, I'm giving a plus one. Because I thought this yeah. Royal Albert Hall residency was Go, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's all the that's all the points I have. Bob Dylan ends up with a nine point zero. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Is that right? Two, three, four. Oh, nine point five. A nine point five. Whistle again. Okay, whistle one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. Too, I'm too busy laughing. To <laughs> That wasn't a very good whistle. I'm losing it. That well, that was like your sixth one in a row. All right. Hey, 9.5. That's Bob Dylan's best year so far. There you go. I love it. <laughs> just love that whistle. I just pretend that you're whistling at me, Chaz. That's gross. I'm not. I'm mind. whistling at Bob Dylan and his 9.5. <laughs> but you had a five, so this is like... This, five, is this, five is a good one. Is this our five biggest combined year? Years, but, not, but not 2015, apparently. I thought that was like... I thought I was going to take that one with a five, but apparently not. I didn't I didn't have a lot of expectations, but it was... It's all right. 
Well, yeah. hey, next episode. Yeah, hit it. Spoiler alert done. We're going to be doing 1966. Oh, man, I bet on 65. It's a gigantic year. <laughs> you bet on 65. I did. You chose this year. But okay. <laughs> uh, it's a real big, gigantic year for Bowie, who released like three singles, and Dylan did nothing, right? Uh, Dylan released the greatest rock and roll album of all time. Spoiler alert. Okay, Bowie's going to win this one with his two or three <laughs> middling singles. From Just di- like you guys know. Spoiler alert again. <laughs> from different bands. <laughs> In 1966, with like three different bands. Yeah. Just, be, just, mining, just mining its way to glory. <laughs> Mine wasn't until a little later. It wasn't mining yet in 66. <laughs> I just figure he mimed until 1972. That's what I figured. No, mm-mm. no, no. Oh, you no. would be you would be incorrect on that one, Jake. Oh. Well, in my heart, hey, everybody. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. <laughs> I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. <laughs> uh, here's my attempt at that whistle. <gasps> <laughs> Well, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.